I want to tell you something that I think you probably already know this morning. Now, I know that this isn't really what you're used to. Uh, When you come to college church, I think you probably come expecting some big idea, some brand new insight. You're looking for something that's going to blow your mind. Well, I think that that's kind of Pastor Steve's job. As for me, I'm just going to tell you something that I think you already know, and that is that the world is a mess. I think you already know this because Pastor Steve got up here last week and and told you about it. Do you remember that? He got up and he he talked about what was going on in the world, and then he called us to two things. He said, let's be slow to speak and let's be diligent in prayer. But it felt like it it wasn't more than an hour had passed before I heard about another shooting in Baton Rouge. And then we had the Republican National Convention this week, and I think you will all agree that was chaos. While either uh, some proud patriots tried to save their party, or some whiners and sore losers tried to stage a coup, depending on who you ask. And speaking of coups, there was a coup in Turkey not long ago, and for 24 hours, nobody knew who was in charge. It got to the point where uh, the, the man in charge was using FaceTime to call into the local news to assure everybody that he was still in control. And I, I got to tell you, it's hard to project power and calm and control when you were talking over FaceTime on the local news. The past several weeks have seen shootings by police and shootings of police. And that even made its way into Marion not too long ago. To top it all off, we have continued terror attacks around the world, right? France, not long ago. Shooting in Munich this week. Just yesterday, a bombing in Kabul where at least 80 people are dead and another 200 have been injured. So all I'm saying is, is that uh, with the level of heat over the past week, it started to feel like uh, uh, the weather is a bit too thematic, if you know what I'm saying. I think you know, I think you already know that the world is a mess. And another thing that I think you probably already know, and maybe something that's even worse for us here in the church, is that the church is also often a mess. And the reason that I think that's worse is that, it, at least for me, it feels like I do a better job handling the things happening out there, the chaos out in the world, if I have sort of a safe place to retreat to, if I have my own sphere where I feel like things are under control. And for us as Christians, for many of us at least, that is or should be the church, and yet the church is so often messy and chaotic as well. If the world has CEOs embezzling money and defrauding investors, well, the church has megachurch pastors falling to moral failure, losing their position. If the world has a political divide where uh, 
Not only can neither side of the aisle talk to one another, but it hardly seems as if you can talk to the other people in your own party. Well, have you, have you tried to talk politics in the church lately? It's not too different. The church has church splits. It has hateful words. It has conflict. The church is messy. Just as a, um, a quick side note, I've actually been working on being more optimistic in my life. Uh, <laughs> can you tell? Well, the good news, if, if there is any good news here, uh, uh, is that Jesus knew this was coming, right? He told us it would be this way. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 13, tells a parable, and he says this. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? If you planted good seed like you said, then explain all the weeds. If the kingdom is what you said it would be, then why is there such chaos? Why is it a mess? When we look at the chaos in the church, when we see the weeds all around us, I think that this is a, a very natural reaction for many of us. We begin to ask questions about just how good the seed was. How good was the kingdom? I mean, after all, this is, <laughs> I think this is one of the main things that people outside of the church, when they look at us, that they see, right? They do surveys regularly asking people what they think of the church. And one of the things that comes up so often is uh, they're a bunch of hypocrites. They are judgmental. In other words, they look an awful lot like weeds to me. And so I think that the conclusion many people draw is that if there are so many weeds there, then, then maybe this wheat they're talking about, this kingdom, isn't as real as I thought or as they're trying to convince me it is. And it's not just people outside of the church that come to this conclusion, I don't think. It, it's sometimes it's us. Sometimes it's our children who grow up in the church and they watch as their parents get trampled by church conflict. Or maybe they have a friend who's a little bit different but comes to youth group and all he finds is hateful words and so they think, man, these people are a bunch of weeds. This kingdom that they're talking about is it's not all I thought it was. So I think that's the first question we have to answer this morning. Is there really any wheat here, actually? Was the seed any good? And of course, Jesus gave us his answer right at the beginning of the parable, right? 
He says the farmer went and planted good seed. Of course the seed is good. Of course the kingdom is real. And it is at work in the world just as he said it would be. It may start small, it may be hard to see, but it is everywhere and it is growing and it is changing the entire world. Of course the kingdom is real. And I think this is important. I want you to hear this this morning. We are talking about the chaos in the church, the weeds all around us, but that does not mean that there is no wheat. There is. And I know it's hard to see sometimes, so let me see if I can just tell you one story of wheat at work in the world. This is a story you may have heard. It was kind of floating around the internet a few months ago. It was covered by CBS News. I think they told it at General Conference, the Wesleyan Church's General Conference, not too long ago. Because this is a story that comes out of one of our Wesleyan churches up in Michigan. And it's a story about two men, one of them named Jameel McGee and one of them named Andrew Collins. Andrew Collins was a police officer. And back in 2005, he had occasion to arrest Jameel McGee. Mr. McGee was put in jail, he was charged with dealing drugs, and he was sentenced to prison time. Seems fairly straightforward, except it turns out that Mr. McGee did not do this. Officer Collins had been falsifying his reports, sending people to prison that didn't deserve it. And Mr. McGee was only the latest victim. Now, as often happens when you are engaged in this kind of thing, eventually Officer Collins got found out, right? He, he told one too many lies. It came out what was going on. And so he was actually uh, sentenced to 18 months in prison himself, the officer. Mr. McGee was exonerated. He was pulled out of prison. But not before he had served four years of a prison sentence he didn't earn. Now, I don't know about you, but at that point, sorry isn't going to cut it for me. Mr. Begee actually talked about how when he got out of prison, at the forefront of his mind was the possibility that one day he would run into Mr. Collins again and he would have the opportunity to get a little bit of revenge for what had been done to him. But something happened to both of these guys while they were in prison. Like many prisons, there was a prison ministry. And both of these men actually came to faith in Christ while they were in prison. And that faith stuck with them when they got out of prison. And so a few years later, they met at an outreach event for a local Wesleyan church. And as they tell, the first meeting didn't go great, but there was a second meeting. And while it was difficult, over time, these two were able to reconcile. And not just reconcile and agree to go their separate ways, they were able to become friends. All uh, to the point where Mr. Collins, who is studying to be a licensed minister in the Wesleyan Church, about six months ago, baptized Mr. McGee. 
Friends, that is the kingdom at work. That does not happen without the kingdom. That kind of reconciliation. We have a wrongly accused black man and the white police officer who put him in prison coming together, reconciling, becoming friends, even baptizing one another. This is exactly what Jesus promised that he was initiating when he told us he was planting the kingdom. Reconciliation and compassion and life change. Transformation. So friends, I'm trying to tell you this morning that the we is real. If you have a hard time seeing it, I promise, look around, ask someone. It's there. But at the same time, the weeds are real as, uh, as well. There really is chaos in the church. There really is evil, sin, planted there by the enemy. And so we have this sort of tension, right, where there is both good and, and compassion and kindness and goodness, wheat, and there is weeds. So the question becomes, given that this is the situation, what do we do? What do we do with the weeds? And the workers have sort of an, ob- an obvious solution. Should we pull out the weeds? This makes sense, right? This seems like a pretty straightforward response. You have a garden, you're trying to grow something. The farmer has planted good seed, but there's weeds here, and we don't need weeds. We're trying to grow wheat around here. And frankly, these weeds actually get in the way. They're doing damage to the wheat that we're trying to go grow, so let's get rid of them. Let's pull the weeds. And I think that this is a pretty natural reaction for us in the church as well, right? When we see chaos, when we see something going on in the church that is wrong, that is sin, that is evil, We want to do something about it. We want to fix the problem. We know that that doesn't belong. We and weeds don't belong together. And so I think that the natural reaction for many of us is to start pulling weeds. And in the church, I think oftentimes pulling weeds starts with identifying someone you think is a weed, right? You've got to start there. So you find somebody that seems kind of weed-like to you, And you've all got them. (laughs) And then, usually, usually you don't just confront them outright and say, you don't belong here. Normally. Some of you, some of you who are a little bit feistier, a little bit angrier, maybe. But for the most part, we don't do that. We just find ways to make sure that person knows they don't belong. We find ways to make that person feel uncomfortable and unwelcome until they make their own way out the doors, right? This is how we pull weeds. I think there's actually another way that this might work, kind of in reverse, kind of the opposite. Because some of us don't really have the tendency to pull weeds. Instead, we look at the church and we actually just see one big field full of weeds. We can't really see a whole lot of wheat there. We look around the church and we see a bunch of hypocrites people who are judgmental, people who are unloving. And so we look at all the weeds, 
And we look at ourselves and say, wow, I don't belong here. And I'm not going to change the field. So rather than trying to pull all the weeds, we just pull ourselves away. Rather than trying to uproot all the weeds around us, we uproot ourselves and take off, right? Both of these responses are, are based on this natural understanding that weeds and wheat don't belong together. They should be separated. They should be different. And yet this isn't what Jesus tells us to do, is it? Back in verse 29, just before that, the the workers say, should we pull out the weeds? And the farmer says, no. You'll uproot the weed if if you do that. So let both grow together until the harvest. There is wheat. There are weeds. They ought to be pulled. But the farmer says no. Why would he do that? That doesn't make any sense. That's a bad solution. That's no solution. That's doing nothing. Friends, if you, have, if you are trying to grow something, if you have a garden, and you see a bunch of weeds, you pull them. If you have a vegetable garden and a friend comes over and they look at your garden and they see weeds there, and they offer to start pulling weeds, say yes. Because that offer is not coming very often. But it needs to happen. Instead, Jesus says no. Why would he do that? Well, in this parable, when Jesus talks about weeds, scholars think that he's not talking about just any weed, right? He's talking about a very specific kind of weed called darnel. Now, darnel is bad, as you can imagine from a weed, right? But darnel is really bad. Darnel is poisonous. It's not just in the way, it's actively harmful. If you eat darnel, you get sick. You probably vomit. You might even die if you eat enough of it, right? It's really bad. But Darnell looks remarkably like wheat while it's growing. They are different. There are distinguishing characteristics. But man, they are hard to tell apart. As they grow, they look very similar to one another. I actually thought about uh, trying to get a photo of them side by side to show you this morning, and uh, in a little bit of irony, I did a Google search, and um, I couldn't tell the difference between the pictures. (laughs) So I thought I could just throw up photos of things that kind of look like they might be right and just tell you that that's what they are, but that seemed a little dishonest. So instead, I'll just tell you, Google it when you get home. They look very similar. Until until the harvest time. Tarnell and wheat look almost the same when they begin to grow. 
and as they mature, until they begin to produce grain, until just before the harvest time comes. And then the difference becomes obvious. So maybe Jesus is telling us that we are not to pull weeds because it's not yet harvest time. And so telling the difference between wheat and weeds is a lot harder than we think it is. Maybe we aren't nearly as good at telling wheat and weeds apart as we think we are. Maybe if we were to go out into the field and start pulling weeds, we'd actually grab hold of a bunch of wheat. Because after all, they look an awful lot alike right now. Maybe more importantly, even if you do get the right weeds, right? Because it's not that there's no difference. There are ways to tell. If you are a skilled farmhand, you can tell the difference between the two of them, even when they're growing, though it is difficult and it takes a long time, right? You can tell the difference. But even if you get the right weeds, Jesus says that if you try to pull them, you will do more harm than good. Even then, even if you got the weeds right, you're not supposed to pull them right now. And the reason is because wheat and weeds, wheat and darnel, when they grow so close together, all scattered about the same field next to one another, their roots intertwine, right? Their roots sort of get tangled together. And so if you were to go and try to pull one of them, you would disrupt the growth of the other. A few years ago, I was working at a church, not this one, but another one. And there was a guy at our church who was a volunteer, and, and he was a super volunteer. Like, he was at everything, right? Any event that our church had, he was there. And he wasn't just there, but he was helping. He was serving, right? He was setting up for the event. He was making coffee. He was greeting. He was doing anything that we asked, anything at all. Seems like the exact kind of volunteer that you want at a church, right? But what we found out over time was that while this guy was setting up, he was having conversations. And inevitably, those conversations were about how the church was headed in the wrong direction and how he had no confidence in the leadership and can you believe that boneheaded move they just made? And so while he was showing up and it felt like he was completely on board, it turned out that it, it felt to us at least like he was undermining the church at every opportunity. And that seemed like some weed-like behavior to us. And so some of us on staff started having some weed-pulling sessions with this guy. As you can imagine, those conversations were not easy and, and frankly they were not always handled well and it ended up with a lot of hurt feelings on all sides and what wasn't obvious to me at the time but I think maybe should have been is the effect that this had on the people around him I promise that I didn't see this at the time but I should have 
How is this man's wife supposed to come to church on a Sunday morning and feel welcome when she knows the level of conflict going on with her husband and the church leaders? And beyond that, over time, it became clear that people who were not directly part of the situation, people who, I hope, had no idea what was going on, began to pick up on the negativity and the discouragement of those of us who were involved. People started coming on Sunday mornings and wondering why it felt so down, why it seemed so depressing, what was going on. We thought that we were doing a good thing. We thought we were dealing with a problem. We thought we were pulling weeds that needed to go. We almost ended up uprooting the whole harvest. The truth of the kingdom is that it has been initiated. Jesus did plant the kingdom, but it's not yet harvest time. And so we live in that time in between, after the planting, before the harvest, when wheat and weeds are not so easy to tell apart, and when their roots grow so close together that you cannot get rid of one without affecting the other. So Jesus tells us, it's not the time to pull weeds. What does he ask us to do then? If there is wheat, but there are also weeds in the field, and if our natural reaction is to pull them, but Jesus says no, then what are we supposed to do? Well, first of all, I think Jesus asks us to trust him. This may seem simple, but I don't think it is. Jesus says, listen, you need to trust me, first of all, that you going around trying to pull weeds is going to do more harm than good. You just got to trust me about that. I know it doesn't seem that way right now, but it's true, I promise. Just hang on. But the reason you can trust me is because I have this whole thing under control. When the time is right, I will pull weeds. There will come a day when I will set all of this right. You see, Jesus is not asking us to just accept weeds, right? That this is the way the kingdom will always be. We should lower our expectations for what the kingdom is and move on. No, he's, he's telling us the kingdom should be Weed-free, it should be all love and safety and goodness and kindness and compassion. And there will come a day when that is true, when we will enjoy the fruit of the kingdom without weeds. But you have to leave that in my hands. (laughs) If you try to help me get there, you're going to mess it up. So he asks us to trust him. But I think he also asks more of us, and it's, it's something that uh, I think this is important because Jesus isn't calling us here to inactivity, I think. If you listen to this parable and you hear Jesus telling you not to pull weeds and so you think he's asking you to not do things, I think you're letting yourself off the hook a little too easily. Because I think what Jesus asks us to do is not only trust him, but to actively grow in the kingdom.
weeds and all. Right? Be wheat. In your own life, be wheat. The kingdom is real and Jesus is asking you to live your life in accordance with it. Do all of the things that you've heard preached from this stage over the past several weeks. Be wheat. But as you grow, you will need to be open to allowing your life to get tangled up with people that you suspect are weeds. Jesus is calling us to be vulnerable, to be open, to be connected with people who are messy and chaotic, maybe even dangerous. And I think that this is very important because the spirit of our time, given everything that is happening in the world, the spirit of our time is one of retreat. Pull back within the walls to safety. After all, have you seen what's going on out there? It's chaos. It's dangerous. People are getting shot. People are dying. And so it's time to look after ourselves. It's time to gather together with the few stalks of wheat that I'm sure of and make sure that we're safe. And that's not an unreasonable reaction in a lot of ways, right? Because the threat is real. It's actually scary and dangerous and chaotic out there. This isn't a bunch of cowards who are saying this. Nevertheless, I think Jesus says to us, if you want to grow in the kingdom and you think you can have it, siloed off with your own little group of wheat, then I think maybe you won't have it at all. Jesus says, if you are going to be part of the kingdom, if you are going to be wheat in my field, it will mean making yourself vulnerable, opening up your life to get tangled up with messy, chaotic people who may even hurt you. But remember, it's okay because I've got this under control. So the kingdom is messy. Jesus asks us to not pull weeds, to trust him, to trust him that he's got it under control. But more than that, he asks us to open up our lives, grow together, even with the weeds.